Quality sleep is essential. That's why the Sleep Number Smart Bed is designed for your ever-evolving sleep needs. Need a bed that's firmer or softer on either side? Helps you sleep at a comfortable temperature? Sleep Number Smart Beds let you individualize your comfort, so you sleep better together. J.D. Power ranks Sleep Number number one in customer satisfaction with mattresses purchased in-store. And now, save 50% on the Sleep Number Limited Edition Smart Bed for a limited time. For J.D. Power 2023 award information, visit jdpower.com awards. Only at a Sleep Number store or sleepnumber.com. Ever catch yourself eating the same flavorless dinner three days in a row? Dreaming of something better? Well, HelloFresh is your guilt-free dream come true, baby. It's me, Kiki Palmer. Let's wake up those taste buds with hot, juicy pecan-crusted chicken or garlic-butter shrimp scampi. Mm. Hello Fresh. Stop dreaming of all the delicious possibilities and dig in at HelloFresh.com. Let's get this dinner party started. Don't y'all steal my tactic. Oh, here comes the pain. By the time this goes out, I've already done it. <laughs> and what? Oh, man. From Atlanta, Georgia, weighing 210 pounds, Barrett Black. I'm doing good, man. How are you doing? All good at this end. You've, I will admit that the the one of the more intriguing parts of the interview happened before we turned the recording on, as uh, Baron made the mistake of asking what sort of pillows were behind me, and uh, <laughs> so I, I had to get Alex, the good lady, in to come and find out. And after uh, 15 minutes of, of checking, it turned out to be polyester. It wasn't even an exciting answer. Wasn't even worth recording, but that's that's that was that was how things started. No, I, I, I was I was expecting it to be like Versace or Mink or something like that, and I got hit with the polyester one. I was like, oh, that was so anticlimactic. Versace's like, in the other room. Versace's in the other room. If we'd been in the other room, you'd have got the Versace pillows. I promise you. Hey, um, more importantly than polyester pillows, uh, we are just a couple of days away from Terminus Two. And you getting amongst it with Jay Lethal. Uh, how are you feeling? I know it's a broad question, but heading into that match, how, how, how's the head doing right now? Besides my head being big as hell, it's, 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 a, it's a little bit nerve-wracking. You know what I mean? It's a little bit nerve-wracking. Lethal is somebody that I was watching before I became a wrestler and continued to watch after I became a wrestler. So... I'm a little bit nervous, but I think I got it. I think I got it. Can you remember the first Jay Lethal match you remember seeing? Man, it has to be, uh, and I don't remember the, the match exactly. It has to be, this is well before I started training to be a wrestler. It had to be when I first uh, checked out TNA. And I believe he was in the X Division match. And I believe he was against AJ Styles. It's a little bit hazy uh, because that was my first time actually watching TNA ever. And I seen him and I was like, oh, this guy is cool. He had little cornrows in at that point in time, had the braids and everything. And I was like, oh, I like this guy. And um, that's when I first had discovered TNA. Then I started paying attention and watching. And of course, everybody knows the infamous Jay Lethal bit with uh, Ric Flair. <laughs> from TNA and then I watched him do uh, in Ring of Honor when he had his uh, multiple title reigns um, and he was still rocking the cornrows and the braids and everything had the nice long robe on and everything I liked everything about Jay Lethal's style man I, I really did well, we're, we're excited to see what you two can do together working magic at Terminus 2. We're going to talk all about Terminus 2 and a bunch of other things uh, as we chat today. But uh, as we go through our conversations today, you and I, Baron, I want to send you onto a metaphorical desert island. 
and on that oh, island. Gosh. Yeah, because I think the one thing that we need after the last two years is more isolation from the world. I think it's important. <laughs> we haven't had enough time away from our loved ones. We need to go to a desert island now. Uh, <laughs> we're going to give you a DVD or a Blu-ray of three wrestling matches that you can watch whilst you are on that island. So uh, we'll pick up the other two as we go through the interview. But what would you like your first one to be, Baron? The first one. Rey Mysterio versus Kurt Angle, SummerSlam 2002. Um, I love that match. It was probably the best match that was done in, I think, about five, uh, under 10 minutes. It, it, was, it was a really quick match, and it was really exciting. It was a match that I had studied for uh ever since i started wrestling <laughs> and it was a really good match and i i love the finish when he got uh ray mysterio into the ankle lock off the top rope when he reversed it out of the hurricane rana man that was uh man i used to love me some kurt angle boy i was a kurt angle fiend back then um and i like how they started the match and ray mysterio didn't come actually through the entrance way he came in and springboard right into a uh, springboard uh head scissors Right behind Kurt Angle, it was it was a really good match. I, I still I still enjoy going back and watch that match. It was like the perfection of a match of an open uh, of a match that is under ten minutes. It was it was really good. Wasn't long after Rey Mysterio turned up uh, in WWE, if memory serves. Like I said, the the invasion had come and gone and happened, and and a few of the guys that were synonymous with WCW came in afterwards, and Rey turning up felt like a shot of lightning. To the, to the roster at that point because there was nobody else that was doing it the way that he was doing it. Um, where were you when you watched that match for the first time? Can you remember where you were? I don't know. I was I was, I was still a kid at that point in time. Damn, where was I at when I watched that match? I remember watching it with my cousins. So I might have been at my grandparents' house. I lived in Georgia. My cousins lived in New York. So every time uh, you would get out of school for the summertime, I would go up there for the whole summer. And all we did was watch wrestling and, and, you know, play wrestling and beat each other up and put each other, you know, in the walls of Jericho and across facing. We did all crazy shit like that. So <laughs> so we would always watch wrestling together. And um, the only shot we had of getting watching pay-per-views was getting our granddad to convince him to buy the pay-per-view. He was a wrestling fan too, but we, we, we had to convince him to buy the pay-per-view. Like, look, you got to see this match. You got to see this pay-per-view. You got to see this main event. Um, and sometimes he folded in. And, and, um, when um, So you're, you're, you're growing up and you're watching wrestling and your cousins are in the mix as well. And you're, and you're as you say, like you're, you're putting cross faces, walls of Jericho's, ankle locks on each other. Um, I know you said in previous interviews that Chris Jericho was one of one of your boys when you got into wrestling. So, so at what age did you master the walls of Jericho on your cousin? Man, I, I mastered that move pretty quick, man, because um, like I had my, my 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 team of guys that I loved during that 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 '90s era, you know early 90s, late, um, late um, attitude era. And I mastered the walls of Jericho pretty early because I, I was one of the, I was that guy when we played the game that I, I wasn't picking Goldberg. I wasn't picking Brock Lesnar. I wasn't picking The Rock. wasn't picking Stone Cold Steve Austin, even though I loved The Rock. I was picking Chris Jericho. You know, <laughs> I was picking Chris Jericho because I wanted to put people in the lion chamber. I wanted to put people in the walls of Jericho. And I, I mastered that move very on, thanks to video games. <laughs> and through a lot of trial and error on my cousins and my siblings. So, so I probably mastered that probably around 13 years old. I was I was a master of it. I was, I was a master. I had a lion tamer down pat. You, you, what was the video <laughs> game of choice? We played it all. WCW versus uh, NWO World Tour. WCW versus NWO Revenge. We played No Mercy, WrestleMania 2000, SmackDown, SmackDown 2, SmackDown 3, just bring it. Um, here comes the pain. Like, we, if the game came out, we played. <laughs> it's as simple as that. Which was you know the best I mean? one, like, though? We, we played every game. Uh, that's between No Mercy and Here Comes the Pain. I'll take No Mercy over Here Comes the Pain because I did not like how glitchy Brock Lesnar and Goldberg were in Here Comes the Pain. They was virtually unbeatable. Unless you were smart like me, 
a Chris Jericho user who learned how to find a loophole to beat people. <laughs> but um, uh, yeah, No Mercy was my game. There was there was nothing like doing the 3D through the table and no mercy. You'd have to get Bubba yeah. and Devon to both press hard grapple. One in front, one behind. Oh, it was a nightmare. Oh no, no, no. You had to Irish whip at the same oh, it was either way, it was a nightmare. Yeah. It was a f- flipping What was the strategy? You you dropped in yeah. a little something there. You dropped in a little something there. The the, the golden strategy <laughs> that meant that Chris Jericho could always beat Goldberg. What what is that? Can you reveal that? Well, if I reveal it now, now everybody's gonna go back and play the game and use it. Okay, I'll I'll reveal it because oh, the game is decades. Huge old. scoops. Screw you, Meltzer. Here's the screw. But, <laughs> but the thing is, like, the dominant wrestlers in that game, see Goldberg and Brock Lesnar, but you also had people who are pretty good and handle their own in their game, like Kurt Angle, Triple H. Um, and those were, like, the top guys that were using that game because they were just so overpowered. Of course, The Undertaker as well. Um, but Chris Jericho had a nice rating. You know, it wasn't too high. It wasn't too low. He had a nice submission rating. And um, he had this strike where it was a low kick, but it made the animation of the person taking it. The animation was very long. So you could string that kick as many times as you want to. It was a low shit kick. That's what I call it, the low <laughs> shit kick. It makes them bounce up and you can do, you could just do any grapple or anything after they bounce up. So if you strain that a few times, and then do a strong grapple. Next thing you know, you got a SmackDown icon. So I used to spam that kick <laughs> into other moves, and then I hit the line and saw, boom, I can't beat him that way. I put him in the wall. That's, that so. is the, the E-Honda 100 slap whilst moving of no mercy. <laughs> but so to move away from, from playing wrestling um, yeah. into actually uh, doing it. So when was the moment that you realized, like, I actually want to do that for real life. I've always had that in my mind. I always had that in, in the back of my head. Like, I, I want to do it, but I want to do it. But, you know, growing up, you got your parents. Hey, you need to do this. Hey, you need to do that. Hey, you know, that's not really attainable. Hey, you know, that's not really realistic. You need to get a real job. You know, the, the, the typical stuff you hear. You need to go to college, yada, yada, yada. So, I finished high school and I um, I go to trade school because I, I didn't want to go to college. I wanted to do something that was a little hands on. So I go to trade school and I become an electrician. I hated every moment of it. I hated waking up early in the morning. I hated working outside in any type of weather. It, it was it was a cool thing to learn, <laughs> but I just hated the construction business and, and doing it. And, and I just woke up one day. I'll never forget. I woke up one day. It was about. I don't know, about 23 degrees outside. And I, it was like three o'clock in the morning and I needed to be there at four. I was like, you know what? I don't, I don't think I want to go and freeze my ass off today. <laughs> so I ended up quitting that job and I, I ended up doing security. And the next thing you know, I, um, I was thinking about, um, I was thinking about, you know, going to a wrestling school and I uh, looked up a wrestling school and, uh, Former WWE uh, superstar Curtis Hughes is running the wrestling school in Atlanta. And I looked it up and I was like, you know what? I'm going to go to this because I don't have any other direction. <laughs> I was like, you know what? I'm going to go ahead. I'm going to try it out. I'm going to see what I can do. So I went there and I I see the place. Um, and I was like, you know what? I might as well just go ahead and do it because it's going to keep calling me. So I paid up front. All, all the money up front the first day I walked in before even stepping in the ring. So that's how serious I was about doing it. I didn't even step foot in the ring yet. You know what I mean? All they did was introduce themselves. So I regretted paying up front the first day. <laughs> so I was like, I don't think I can do this. <laughs> oh no. I don't think I can do this. But um like me, I, I don't I don't I don't quit anything uh except if it's a job that I hate. Like I just quit that electrician job. But one thing I always had a motto is I don't I don't throw damn money away. I don't throw money away. So I was like, nah, I paid this money, man. I might just suck up these lumps and keep going. And I'm glad I did because eventually, after the first week, I was uh I was loving it. I was like, oh, this ain't too bad. You know, the first day it shock shocks your system a little bit, but after the first week, I was like, this ain't too bad. I can do this. 
So chatting to your parents though, who you know they're you know they're encouraging you to go to college, get an education, and, and you know you've left a, a a job in a trade uh, to to go and pursue a, a dream in wrestling. What was the reaction there? There you I really want to know the real reaction? I really want to know what the reaction was. So, judging by that, I think I know. <laughs> the real reaction to that was, and I'll never forget this, and I say this, and uh, I can say this now because she's my biggest supporter. I really laughed when I told her. <laughs> she literally laughed on the phone when I told her. <laughs> she was, she's laughing. She was like, "Oh, you serious?" Like she hit that. Oh, you serious? <laughs> I was like, "Yeah." She was like, "You gonna waste all your damn money on that?" I was like, "Oh Lord." So at first, nobody was. They they laughed at it. It, it was really funny. They knew I was really into it. And I wanted to do it, but they was like, "Oh, they didn't know the you know parameters and." steps you had to go to become a wrestler they didn't know it was actually a wrestling school or anything like that i guess they just assumed that you just showed up at wwe knocked on our door and said hey i want to wrestle or something <laughs> like, let me fill out an application yeah. form i'd like to be steve austin thank you my mom was not happy about it at all but that turned around very quickly like she's my major supporter now i was gonna ask you when did you did you notice that she she turned a corner on you getting into wrestling um, I think it's because when she finally seen me wrestle, she was like, damn, this, this boy actually pretty good. <laughs> He's actually kind of good. It's like, um, and then she came and watched me at a, a, a live event, one of my first live events when I first started training. And, and she was just like very supportive after that. When she you were uh, like, so okay, to, you you going to do this so to to wind it back a little bit and obviously as you say you were trained by um, by Mr Hughes by Curtis Hughes fans of of wrestling through the nineties will know he seemed to pop up everywhere to Curtis Hughes he got around <laughs> a bit he got around um, with, with the first day you say was tough and then sort of you know, you you got calloused to it and you wore through what's a piece of advice that the Curtis Hughes gave you quite early on that you still call back to even now um oh that i call back to even now yeah probably um know your worth and know your value um don't try don't don't let people like walk over you or you know undervalue your skills and who you are um he instilled that into us very early you know you don't let nobody walk over you because they will walk over you so that was definitely um something that i'm glad he instilled into our brains very early on i like it so i mean to move forward then let's get on to your second wrestling match so uh, we had uh, ray mysterio kurt angle from SummerSlam 2002 what would you like your second match to be then baron this is one of my favorite matches is kurt angle versus cb royal rumble you can say chris benoit it's fine you can say chris okay. it's, it comes up quite a lot on these because um it's and, and it always turns into this sort of moral maze about separating the man from the art and, and the fact is, he's been such a, a mm -hmm. figure of, of of inspiration for so many in terms of his wrestling. Uh, so it's it, you can't have yeah. it not come up. But um, so Kurt Angle Benoit, which Angle Benoit match did you say that we're going to go for? Royal Rumble 2003. I think this is one of the most intense ones they had. And I was teetering on kind of liking cp at that point in time so with it being the wwe championship i really thought he was going to win it this time i was like oh yeah he's going to he's going to finally become champion this time this is it this is it this is the one and and seeing the style that i wrestled the more technical submission style obviously that type of style really clicked with me very early so that's one of my favorites i still go back and watch that every once in a while i was like man I'll be watching it like the first time I've seen it. Like, man, he almost, he almost did it. He almost did it. <laughs> well, uh, what's great about that whole show is that um, uh, there's two title matches they build to, which is Triple H and Scott Steiner, and and then mm. you've got Benoit and Angle. And I remember Triple H and Steiner was on first, 
and and I don't know whether you were a fan, but the general consensus is it stacked the place up. It was just two guys who were just not on the right page. It was rough. It was rough. And then Kurt Angle and Chris Benoit came out and they went, right, we need to pick this up off the floor. And they just went for it and they just stole yeah. the night. And on a rumble night, no less, they stole it. <laughs> Do you, were you sort of privy to like coming out of that and going into WrestleMania? Like, I don't know how locked in you were with like, with, 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 with news reporters and dirt sheets and stuff like that but uh, like the 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 way that Kurt, uh, the fact that Kurt Angle was so so beaten and broken going into WrestleMania were you aware of all the story going on behind the scenes there no I, I wasn't I wasn't paying too much attention to the dirt sheets at that point in time because I was still I was still kind of like I barely knew anything about independent wrestling before I started training to become a wrestler. So I didn't really know much about the whole, you know, why can I say community that was like the message boards and, and the dirt sheets and stuff like that. I would see stuff online every once in a while. Um, I think it was a website called SC Scoops. I used to check when I was a kid. <laughs> every once in a while I would check it just to see. Yeah, I was, I was, check it and see what was going on and try to get some scoops or whatever. But I didn't know how big, you know, like it was like a whole bunch of sites and it was message boards. And I wasn't, because all you see is what you see on TV. You know what I mean? As you're a kid coming up. So you didn't realize the magnitude of it. So um, I wasn't aware of all that before, but now I am. So I go back and I really appreciate even more of what he's done, especially from that run all the way from 02 all the way until he departed. For TNA, I'm really, I was like, wow, that is amazing that he was able to do all those phenomenal matches considering the situation he was going through. But I remember, like, the reason I bring it up is because you, like, you, we talked about with the with Rumble 03, how close it felt like Benoit came to being the guy. And I strongly remember, uh, not long after that match, as the WrestleMania run was happening and, and, and news was circulating that Kurt Angle was in a really bad way, there were conversations about putting the belt on Chris Benoit and having Benoit versus Brock Lesnar instead. And I was, and, and I must admit, like yourself, who was like kind of thinking, this has got to be Benoit's time. I thought we'd see Benoit with the belt going into 03, but it never, it mm. never transpired. We never saw it. It would be another year before we'd see that go down. Mm. How do you find yeah. with, um, you know, we, we, we've mentioned him today and I know you're tentative about sort of saying the name and stuff, but how do you find separating the, the, the wrestler from the art in Chris Benoit? How do you personally find it? Uh... I don't know. It's, it's kind of it's kind of a weird thing. It's kind of like you've grown attached to something from the very beginning, from from your childhood, from early adolescence or preteen, and then you come up, and then something like that happens. I'll never forget actually watching TV when the incident actually happened, and I remember that episode of Raw, and everybody was emotional. Then we found out the details after all. And then everybody's like, oh, my God, like, what are you? I, I was just completely shocked. I didn't know really how to feel when because I actually lived the whole situation, actually played through live on television. So I was like, wow, it's like, wow, you just kind of like put it in the back of your brain. You know what I mean? And it's like as time went on and it becomes more of a more of a thing that people try to stay away from because it's such a sensitive topic and it was a very it was a very very heinous act you know what i'm saying no 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 spinning around it whatsoever so it 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 kind of brings a conflict within yourself because you grew up with all these memories and, and certain things and the person might have some influence on you actually choosing that career path and then unfortunately you see what the situation is and what happened so it becomes like it becomes like a numb feeling it's like you kind of just put it in the back of your mind until you start reminiscing about certain matches that you really liked as a kid growing up there is there is something about um going through a shared experience like that and and, and how you react to it and uh to just to segue on from that, like we've just come out of a, a, a worldwide shared experience in, in the global pandemic. And I feel like there was, there was it, it, 
there's chaos and opportunity in all of these things. And it kind of feels like that during 2020, when, when the world was, was catching fire, you, you were out there having one of your best years, mate. Like you were out there going yeah. for it. Like, it's like, how do you, can you remember how the conversations came about between you and AEW? Oh man. Um, well, the conversation uh, was basically as simple as this. It, it was this simple. Um, I was uh, training with QT Marshall, who had his training facility here in Atlanta. It was Power Factory before it became Nightmare Factory. Um, and he, he was doing the Power Factory. Then QT um, started working along with Cody. And um, QT uh, started working with AEW. Um, he would tell you he was doing backstage stuff. And then the pandemic happened. So it's like everything shut down. And then um, they needed, basically, they needed to film. <laughs> they needed to film content somewhere and obviously everything was shutting down so literally it was like uh overnight came and filmed they actually filmed the whole tnt uh title tournament all those episodes was actually filmed there so obviously when everything shut down nobody was traveling they needed wrestlers <laughs> they needed wrestlers so um QT was like, hey, I have wrestlers. Um, and they was like, hey, we we need them. We don't have, we have no other way to get any other talent anywhere. So we only can use the talent that is close that can come to Atlanta and we'll use your students. And that happened to be me, Sean Dean, Lee Johnson, Anna Jay, Preston Vance, um, who is 10, uh, Alan Angels. Um, um, and a whole other slew of other characters. So it was like everybody that you see now as part of AEW was all at that initial taping when they needed somebody to work. So um, we just kind of lucked up in there. It was like I was sitting at home. Actually, I was playing Call of Duty. I was actually playing Call of Duty that time. I got a text. Can you be here in the morning? Three o'clock in the morning, I get this text. I was like, yeah, I can be there at 12. Bring your gear. Okay. So I got a surprise when I got there because I didn't know what was happening. I walk in there and there's AEW trucks everywhere. I walk in there and the whole dynamite setup is there. I was like, what the hell is going on? So I literally lucked up and just, <laughs> I lucked up. I lucked up. Uh, QT gave me an opportunity. Um, and that was that from that point. Just the right place, right time, right person, right energy. And, uh, and off to the races you go. And, uh, and, yeah. and, fr and from there, you just became part of AEW out of interest. Um, and obviously, then doing stuff in wrestling, in pandemic, in pandemic wrestling became a, a regular occurrence for you. For, like, for those of us who, who just watched it, um, describe how that is. Like wrestling, I mean, it was slightly different with, with AEW because you had some of the sort of students there. Uh, it wasn't like completely empty, but but how does your mentality change when you're wrestling uh, away from from wild crowds, and how do you adjust to it? AEW kind of made the situation a little bit less of a dramatic change, as you can see if you go back and watch a lot of the pandemic episodes. We had a crowd, which was the crowd was made up of uh, extra talent who was also wrestlers, so you actually had somebody there to actually interact with instead of just being open space you had to actually come up with more convincing ways you had to work a little bit harder to get them react than the average wrestling fan so it's um it made you learn how to uh hone your skills become more of a better performer inside and outside the ring so it was actually a good experience even though sometimes it became a little bit tedious because our our recording days they were long <laughs> They was long as hell. We talked about up to almost two o'clock in the morning, three o'clock in the morning, and and we started in the afternoon. So um, it can be a little bit tedious, but it was always fun. It was a great learning experience, and it helped me grow completely. Being able to do that throughout the whole pandemic when they had everything shut down. Out of interest, when you weren't wrestling, what sort of other things was keeping you were keeping you sane during the pandemic? It was gaming. It was cutting wild promos on Twitter. 
Um, I think I still have some of them up. Did a promo for the Search for Spears thing um, when he was searching for a tagging partner. I did a promo on that. I actually became one of the top ones on it. Um, I actually did a promo about the pandemic. I did a promo on toilet paper. I was just cutting promos on anything at that point because I was just bored. <laughs> and some of these are still up on my Twitter, so you can actually go back and watch it and stuff. But I was doing that. I was gaming. And then eventually when the AEW stuff started rolling and started taping in Jacksonville at Daly's Place, I was doing that every week. So it was I was able to keep – while everybody else had to stay kind of in home, I was able to keep – wrestling so i was i'm very appreciative of that uh i was able to keep wrestling and continue to make money as well so that's what kept me sane being able to work at aew i'm not even gonna lie <laughs> that's what kept me sane my, my games and being able to work at AEW. when it comes to aew um there is a bit of an elephant in the room at the moment and you know i'm not looking for answers or huge scoops on this but of course cody rhodes there's a lot of talk about him at the moment and what he will go on to do next and what his future plans are if there are any or whatever to you for you personally baron uh, what are some of your favorite memories of working with cody in aew um man a lot <laughs> a lot a lot a lot um he is a guy that is really uh, passionate about the business. And he's also really passionate about seeing younger talent elevate themselves. Or he, or he likes to call it the glow up. He likes to see the glow up of young talent. And um, working with him was always fun. Like, um, I'm not sure if you're aware, but we used to do these uh, bits on Sammy's vlog where we had like a friend Olympic type of competition. And it was, he always came up with the most ridiculous stuff. The stuff we did in the friend Olympics was all Cody coming up with this stuff. So he's like a little kid at heart. Sometimes he likes it. He just likes to have fun. And some of the stuff we came up, the stuff he was doing, he was coming up with 98% of it. So it was like, it was really wild. So I really got to, um, I really got to know him uh, more on a, on a, on a personal level um, doing those things with him. He, um, he kind of warmed up to me relatively quickly. Um, I wasn't really expecting that being somebody that, that, you know, just been out on an independent scene and uh, it's not really, I'm not really one of his students that he actually trained from scratch. So he kind of warmed up to me very quickly. He even, made me an honorary, honorary member of the Nightmare family. Not having this presence around is, 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 it's a little bit, it's a little bit of a downer because he's always up to something that's pretty, that, that makes it fun. You know what I mean? He tries to make the work environment fun. Also, he's very serious minded about the thing. And he's always telling people how they can get better. How can they make the glow up? Like he would say, um, and he's always preaching, do the work, you know what I'm saying? And that's what he instilled in me. And I, I take that hard. So it's, um, it's, it, it feels a little bit different, even though it's only been a few days. <laughs> it's only been a few days, but he even went out and really made this nice video about me, Kyle, and Fuego about, you know, he's vouching for us and he, and anybody is anybody actually, you know, take us on. So I was really taken back and I'm very appreciative of everything he's done. Uh, I thanked him. I will continue to thank him. I don't have any negative thing to say. I never had any negative experiences with him whatsoever. If anything, it's been overwhelmingly positive and it's been very, very uh, humbling to take him back that he would actually go the extra mile for someone, you know, like myself so we're seeing you a lot on on aew dark a lot of the moment um few things have been said about the uh the the little counter in the corner um there's a big zero on the one side and there's a lot of numbers on the other um it's uh it's not going it's not going great on that front baron i'll be honest with you have you have you any thoughts on on the old i don't want to say I don't want to say it. it rhymes with uh it rhymes with snoozing beak i don't want to say it 
But oh my god, it's a little bit. Uh, <laughs> Oh man, uh, are, are you talking about my record currently? Is that what you're trying to talking, get to right I'm now? Talking about the suntan that you've got from performing on AW Dark and getting, getting <laughs> glare off the lights quite often. It's uh, oh wow, okay. I'll just put it I'm just look, like we're mates. I'm just calling it as a <laughs> okay. Look, I'm putting it to you like this. My my record my record might be zero and forty seven right now, but if you go back and look at my tenure through AW Dark, there has not been one wrestler that has had a more brutal lineup of competitors back to back. I have faced nearly every top competitor there is. And my road has not gotten any easier. And I don't want it to be easier. Because when I first, when I get that first win, I want it to feel very good. So my path of competition has been way more higher than a lot of people who have come and competed on dark. Um, and I like it that way. Even though the record is not nothing to scream about, I think I got it. Like okay. um, I'm, I'm not, I'm not gonna back down. I'm not gonna, I'm not gonna quit from it. Is that what you're insinuating to me right now? I That's was not, not suggesting. But all that I gotta say is like, I, I'm, you know, some people they say some, they say some mean things when they see that record. But you gotta understand, me as pretty much the emperor of AEW Dark. I take the Bill Belichick mindset. I'm on to the next one. I'm on to the next one. So it might be 0-47 right now, but all it takes is one good time. And it changes everything. Hey, it's Danny Pellegrino from Everything Iconic. Ready to upgrade your style game without blowing your budget? Check out Quince. They've got all the good stuff, shirts and polos, activewear and fine leather goods, all at 50 to 80% less than other high-end brands. And the best part? They're all about safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. Get that luxury vibe without the luxury price tag. Hit up quince.com slash upgrade for free shipping and 365-day returns on your next order. That's quince.com slash upgrade. Here's a cool fact. A crocodile can't stick out its tongue. Another cool fact you can get short-term health insurance for a month or just under a year in some states. United Healthcare short-term insurance plans are designed for people who are between jobs, coming off their parents' plan, or turning a side hustle into a full-time gig. Underwritten by Golden Rule Insurance Company, they offer flexible, budget-friendly coverage with access to a nationwide network of doctors and hospitals. Get more cool facts about United Healthcare short-term plans at uh1.com. Hold up. What was that? Boring. No flavor. That was as bad as those leftovers you ate all week. Kiki Palmer here. And it's time to say hello to something fresh and guilt free. Hello, Fresh. Jazz up dinner with pecan, crusted chicken, or garlic, butter, shrimp, scampi. Now that's music to my mouth. Hello, Fresh. Let's get this dinner party started. Discover all the delicious possibilities at HelloFresh.com. you and Jonathan Gresham uh, have been pushing to bring wrestling back to Atlanta in a big way. Terminus one is under your belt. We are a time when this goes out, we are mere days away from Terminus two. Uh, how different do you feel uh, mentally going into the, the second Terminus show as you did compared to the first one? Um, I learned a lot of what to do and I learned a lot of what not to do. <laughs> so I'm well more prepared. You know what I mean? I thought I was prepared last time, but nah, bro, I wasn't prepared as much as I thought I was. Um, but I'm well more prepared now. So I learned what not to do and what to do. What can I do better and what I can just actually act and not do at all anymore. <laughs> so um, I'm looking forward to this second show. It's a pretty stacked show. Um, and everything is looking like we're going to top even the first one. I think we're very, I'm very happy with how the first one went out. And now we're going to make that sequel. 
you said before in other interviews that this is a project that's 10 years in the making between you and Jonathan Gresham yeah. driving up and down the road together and just planning these shows. Can you remember the, the some of those first conversations that you had like 10 years ago uh, about bringing what would become Terminus to life and how is and, and, and how is it the same and how is it different compared to your initial vision? Um, it's this it's vastly different now because wrestling changed so much since that time. The initial concept is still the thing. We wanted something that represented our home city of Atlanta. We wanted something that the fans of Atlanta could gravitate to and hold on to. And we wanted something that can be a staple in Atlanta. There's something that will really bring the region of Atlanta back to the wrestling hotbed it once was before. Um, so that stayed at its core. As far as like the ideas and stuff, all that has completely changed. Like <laughs> that was a whole different time then. So now it's a whole different, whole different scene, whole different light whole different view upon wrestling why is it um, so important that it has to be in atlanta georgia like i know that's that's your homestead but uh, there's there's a lot of other reasons why why it has to be atlanta isn't it we feel like uh the territory of atlanta was very high in the 80s and, and before especially in the nwa days it, it was like a destination location if you was a wrestling fan or you was a wrestling talent and we wanted Atlanta to, to, we want Atlanta to become that place again. Because um, there's so many wrestling fans here. I can't tell you how many times I, I go to the grocery store or gas station or I hop in an Uber and I tell them what I do. And I was like, and they, and they tell me, oh man, I used to go watch wrestling at the Omni and then Dusty Rhodes and, and Ric Flair. And like, oh man, I used to watch wrestling. I used to go down to Warner Robins and then I was like, well, you know, this other wrestling that happens here, right? Oh, I had no idea. So we got all these sleeping wrestling fans. I call them sleeping because they don't know anything that happens outside of what they see on TV. So it's, it's really fun. I was like, you know what? We, we, have, we have to do something on the scale that gets these fans moving again, that gets them engaged, that becomes a part of the city, that becomes a very um, exciting part of the city. And with Atlanta evolving into a Hollywood-esque party nightlife type of city, wrestling should be able to fit into that uh into that mold as well and i think with the first show that happened i think we did get some things moving because i have been in contact with a lot of business owners around atlanta <laughs> who are interested in terminus so it's like the word did get out and people are really really catching on is i think we want to get atlanta to be one of those destination places again we can't wait to see what well once terminus two terminus three terminus four Terminus 5, uh, Empire Strikes Back. Terminus 6, Return of the Jedi. <laughs> Terminus 7, The Force Awakens, etc. Because Because we're not stopping at 2, are we, Baron? We're not stopping at 2. Uh, uh, well... <laughs> this is where we go. Spoiler. Yeah, we're stopping at 2. <laughs> I was cheating you up for like a big, we're not stopping at 2. And then you go, yeah, we're stopping at 2. Uh, I mean, come on. I mean, has any great series, saga, has any great series of saga or video game or which have you has ever stopped that too yeah the office in the uk <laughs> <laughs> you know when you get that two people gonna call for that three <laughs> so you know you, you know it gotta happen we're you know getting, it gotta happen we're getting a turn you know of three I mean? you've heard you know it, it you've heard happen. it here first and we're gonna get we've got to get a, a match number three before we do the big plugs for terminus so let's get your third and final match for your DVD, we had Rey Mysterio and Kurt Angle from SummerSlam. Uh, we had as well, a little bit earlier on, um, your second match, it was Angle versus Benoit from the Royal Rumble. I nearly said from WrestleMania. Uh, what would you like your third and final one to be, though, Baron? I think I'm going to do a first for your show. I'm going to make a tie for my first. What? So two, two matches are going to tie for number one. Oh, I, right. I, because I, it's I, you, I I'll allow it. Because it's you, I'll allow it. Ah, uh, yeah. Yeah, you gotta let the emperor do what he do. You know what I mean? Um, I couldn't, I couldn't, I couldn't, I couldn't decide between the two because these were my two top guys growing up watching wrestling. These were my absolute two top guys, and I couldn't choose a match just from one to the other. I had to get them both in the number one spot. You know, these are my two top guys growing up. You know that 
was above Kurt and, you know, Eddie and CB. A tie between the match between The Rock versus Hogan at WrestleMania 18. Um, that there were never, I don't want to say that. That was such a huge moment. Um, for me being the, the rock, huge rock Mark fan that I was, that was such a huge moment for me because I, when I started wrestling, of course, I started seeing Hogan and when he started watching it with my grandparents and stuff and my grandfather, and I seen the star Hogan became and then the rock came on and became this mega star. So it was like two colossal forces meeting in the ring. It was unlike anything ever I thought I would ever witness in, in wrestling and and it still stands time to it still stands today. Like when you go back and watch that match, it's like watching the, the crowd just go completely apeshit. <laughs> and they and they just staring at each other. It made it was such a such a big moment for me. And I as a fan, I was like ecstatic. And the second match that ties is of course, you know, I'm a Chris Jericho guy. Mm-hmm. Rock and Chris Jericho was my two, my number one and my number two, or my one A, my one B. Those are my two guys. To this day, I will let nobody downplay Chris Jericho becoming the first undisputed champion in professional wrestling, beating The Rock and Stone Cold in the same night. I think I was the only person that went to school happy the next day. I was the (laughs) only person walking down the hallway excited because Chris Jericho won the undisputed championship. Why every other one of my other fans, friends and wrestling fans were mad as hell. I was happy. I was ecstatic. That was the one moment I'll never forget. So Rock and Chris Jericho was my two guys. Yeah, he had to beat my other guy to Rock. I was I was fine with it. Long as I remember watching as a kid, I was like, man, I hope Stone Cold don't win this. <laughs> watching it as a kid, I was like, as long as the Rock. Or Jericho wins, I'm good. He needed he needed to become top dog. I was like, Jericho can do this. Jericho can do this. And I was like, when he beat when he beat the Rock and it was down to him and stuff, I was like, oh my God, it's gonna happen. It's gonna happen. It's gonna happen. And I was the only one excited at school the next day. Everybody else was pissed. <laughs> I was happy as as I could be. So are we putting in then as as one of your your tied matches um, the entire. That that night's trilogy, or are we just doing Austin versus Jericho, the final from Vengeance two thousand and one? I think you have to put the whole moment because it was it was a building of it. Like when he won the first match, I was like, oh, oh, okay, that this is great. But he had to win the second match to seal the whole moment. You know? What I yeah, because so, Austin because because he pinned the Rock. Like there were some shenanigans, yeah. then he pinned the Rock. And as he was recovering, then then glass shattered. Austin came down. So yeah. he's like, right, that match is happening now. Okay, so I guess it all bleeds into one yeah. one match, and I think it adds to that um, yeah. aura of him beating both in one night, doesn't it? Yeah, like one after the other within like 10, 15 minutes of one another as well. Yeah, I would have probably fallen out with you that day if I bumped into <laughs> you at school. I was a real rock guy. Like at this point, I was a big fan of the rock. Mm-hmm. And whilst I was excited to see Jericho uh, grab the title, I kind of wanted to get a rock Austin final. I think, I think there was a, there's a big groundswell of wrestling fandom that thought, Oh, go on, end the year with rock Austin again. And then it didn't happen. I was like, Oh, okay. And they just, mm-hmm. and uh, what, what, and I, I, how did you feel? You were the kid that, 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 that skipped into school over the moon. Jericho's the guy. What were your thoughts at the time and with your older head on of that undisputed world title reign? How did I feel when I was younger? This is how obnoxious I was. I actually went out and bought two Walmart belts so I can mimic Jericho. <laughs> 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 so I can have two belts on each side. <laughs> and all I did was play with Jericho on the games too after that point. I didn't play with nobody else. I'm now thinking of a young Baron Black, right? The only person happy that Jericho is the undisputed champion, walking around with both belts and then going to your <laughs> mate's house where you're shin kicking them to win the matches. God, are you sure you had mates? Because I don't think you had mates. <laughs> <laughs> but, but here's the thing, like, <laughs> here's the thing, though. 
Here's the thing, though. Yeah, I had plenty of friends, plenty of mates, mm. and it, like I said, it was mo- it was mostly my cousins. We was all wrestling. Oh, fanatics, it's family. So, it doesn't count. So, yeah, so it's like <laughs> it's like you know what I mean. Like they just couldn't stand me. They was like, "Why do you like him?" I was like. He's an Ayatollah rock and roll. Come on now, what do you mean? <laughs> you stuck to your favourites, and for that, I for that I, I couldn't have not been your friend, and I applaud you for it. I applaud you for it. Um, it has been wonderful to chat wrestling and all sorts of stuff with you today, Baron. This has been uh, we we joked before the interview started. This has been about four hundred years in the making. Uh, we we've tried to get together for this bad boy, uh, but we've done it, and it was fun. Uh, we um, did do it. Terminus, days away. Plug the show. Plug everything you're up to. Uh, go ahead and tell people where they can find what you're up to next. Uh, yes, of course, we have Terminus 2 uh, coming up February 24th, 8 p.m. start time. You can see it live on Fight TV. Or you can come see us in person. Get that good experience. We've got, we've got a nice experience for y'all this time around for everybody that's in person. Of course, you can find me. Monday nights and Tuesday nights on AEW Dark. But you can also find me on Twitter at uh, The Emperor. That's T-H-E-E-M-P-B-R-U-H. Same name on IG. Um, I'm bearing black on Facebook, but I have no more room on friends, a friend list. So you know how that goes. So you, you can come on Facebook and just peep at what I'm doing. Just peep at what I'm, uh, what I'm posting there on Facebook. You know what I mean? Also, you can find me, The Emperor, on Nintendo Switch, Xbox Live. Don't have a PlayStation currently right now, so if y'all see me online on Call of Duty, it's most likely me. (laughs) If you see The Emperor on Call of Duty or anything else online, it's most likely me. One last thing, though. Don't y'all steal my tactic on Here Comes the Pain. By the time this goes out, (laughs) I've already done it. (laughs) And what? Oh, man. <laughs> <laughs> Ever catch yourself eating the same flavorless dinner three days in a row? Dreaming of something better? Well, HelloFresh is your guilt-free dream come true, baby. It's me, Kiki Palmer. Let's wake up those taste buds with hot, juicy pecan-crusted chicken or garlic-butter shrimp scampi. Mm. Hello Fresh. Stop dreaming of all the delicious possibilities and dig in at HelloFresh.com. Let's get this dinner party started. Hi, I'm Daniel, founder of Pretty Litter. Cats and cat owners deserve better than any old-fashioned litter. That's why I teamed up with scientists and veterinarians to create Pretty Litter. Its innovative crystal formula has superior odor control and weighs up to 80% less than clay litter. Pretty Litter even monitors health by changing colors to help detect early signs of potential illness. It's the world's smartest kitty litter. Go to prettylitter.com and use code ACAST for 20% off your first order and a free cat toy. Terms and conditions apply. See site for details. For all the wrestling headlines in just 10 minutes, search Cultaholic Wrestling News on Apple, Spotify, or wherever you get your podcasts from. 